But appreciate you. Thank you, baby. Absolutely. We are here. Welcome to the Remembering Me, the Soul Healing Podcast. Is that that's the name of our podcast, right? I think so. Yeah, we just <laughs> came up with it today. <laughs> Shout out to everybody that wanted us to go with Buddha's love, but we'll work yeah. that in somewhere else. Yeah, 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 you know, that was a beautiful name, yeah, though. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep all that. So, okay, that look means it's on me now. Um, <laughs> this first episode is really lifetimes in the making. Um, mm. It takes lifetimes to get to a world, a life this beautiful. And I know a lot of people, it's only so much you could do in a minute and 30 second reel. And we've pretty yeah. much been relegated to a certain level of the algorithms and social media to express what our love has been like and what we have learned from each other, continuing to intentionally heal and dig into ourselves as individuals within the union. But we've been talking for a long time about the need for us to be able to have these conversations more in depth. Um, so we are here, of course, at Remembering Me, and our first episode is going to be a beautiful one because not only is it the gift of those who celebrate Christmas, um, but we got some real, are we cursing over here? Are we keeping it PG-13? Let's keep it PG-13 as possible. Okay, yeah. They can go to the battle rap page for all the the effery. Right. (laughs) Um... But the gift of Christmas, as we always say, keeps on giving because even within this season and us cohabitating in the same household that we've built together, which we'll talk about, um, some beautiful lessons came through, you know, some uncomfortable moments, some funny moments after the fact. Um, but we just wanted to share what we learned from this Christmas season, our first um, year being in this house together as husband and wife. Yeah. So, you know, just a little backstory. We've shared the entirety of our relationship, our union, our marriage through Instagram, through social media, because, you know, as we heal, grow and evolve in our personal lives, we use trans transparency as a way to be conduits for other people in their healing process, just to show people that they aren't in it alone. And we use a lot of our life lessons to teach people and guide people. And so what our podcast is going to be about is not necessarily our relationship, but our life lessons in general, who we were before we even met each other in the physical and the life lessons that we learned from suicide attempts to addiction, to depression, to all of the things that people at some point experience in their healing journey that they need to know in order to heal and how to quiet their mind and meditation and how to use spiritual modalities or healing modalities just to feel better and have a better quality of life. And so as we showed our transparency through Instagram, even though it's just, you know, a minute and 30 second reels or trying our best to have, you know, beautiful Instagram lives, this just gives us more time and the ability to have real conversation um, in the midst of the the intimacy of our own space so we can share even more in different things. And so you guys can also listen as you're driving or as you're getting ready for work and things like that. So we've had many opportunities to heal together and we just moved in together. We just built our home this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we built our home. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, time is different for, for yeah. us. And so it's just a conversation of what our life looks like and how we are going to use that to, you know, just speak to y'all. Yeah, and people ask, of course, both of us all the time, um, why do y'all share so much? Like, I could never do that. Keep in mind, um, I wanted to check you on the words you use entirely. This ain't even a percent. (laughs) Our lives, what we have shared is literally a percent. There's still so much of our life that y'all never going to see that we absolutely do keep sacred. So we do understand where people are coming from when they say that. But what we have both learned, like if you put both of our stories together, which of course via this podcast, those of you who don't know us will learn more about. Those who have been following us have a good idea of um, our healing journeys. Mm-hmm. But if you put both of them together, we have a very broad, diverse package 
of pain <laughs> that we have had to go through in different ways, shapes, and forms. And along that journey of carrying, working through, and processing that pain, we've both realized transparency is a superpower yeah. that a lot of people don't tap into. We do retreats out of the country. One of the first things we tell our attendees that first night, you could be closed off if you want to for these next five days, but you're not going to maximize what you put your uh, money towards, which is, of course, people come to these types of retreats to heal. But the more you open up, the more you are able to access the jewels, the gems that somebody that's listening to you may have within them, the more you are able to empower whatever it is they may be going through. So people have sometimes questioned my and our transparency. Just keep in mind this platform, this podcast is for people to see um, the benefit of being able to, in a comfortable way, to the best of your ability. But the more you share, the more the universe is willing and able to give back to you. Yeah, and, you know, the other part in transparency, it requires vulnerability. And that's really (laughs) the part that people are running from. So when we share in our transparency, it makes people, some people feel uncomfortable because they don't have the capacity to tap into that type of vulnerability. And it makes them afraid to see other people enjoying the freedom of stepping in and owning the truth of their story and not being afraid of how other people are going to receive it, not being afraid of being judged. And so it's really a reflection of just that inability to practice and own and stand in the power of vulnerability because it does take you know, wouldn't you agree that it, it takes some form of vulnerability to share transparency? I think even before you get to the transparency, like you said, vulnerability has to be first. Before you can get comfortable with vulnerability, you have to become comfortable with being perceived as the villain. Mm. Um, Anybody on this planet that has ever uh habitated human flesh, right? There's going to be a certain piece of the world that looks at that person as a great person. There's going to be a certain segment of the world that looks at that person as a terrible person. We're saint and sinners alike to different demographics of people. So no matter how saintly you try to be, um, even in my journey being a, a counselor, meditation teacher for a long time, when I made this shift away from my last relationship with the uh, mother of my son, There have been a lot of people still to this day, mostly women, but there have been a lot of people that villainize me. Usually when a man leaves a relationship that's public, the first assumption is, oh, he did some BS, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to get into like really what went on. I've I've spoken to a certain degree about certain things while still maintaining respect for my family and everybody involved. But a huge part of the process in that was realizing I got to go to a deeper level of detachment from what I call OPP other people's perceptions. I got to care less about what people think about me as long as I know the people who are in my life, my wife, my son, my God, myself, appreciate how I flex. So once you get to that level of IDGAF, like I always say, Cat Williams talk about you got to get some more of that in your system. He talks about doing it a different way (laughs) through the weed, right? You know what I'm saying? You get to the point where you can't pay the light bill. I got 12 candles. I've been waiting to burn them things up, right? But when you do unlock that in a more balanced way via spirituality, you get like this this callus on your emotional body where it don't matter what you think about me. That's the open door to being comfortable with being vulnerable and ultimately getting to that superpower of transparency. Yeah, I I agree. And that is what we want to show everyone and give everyone the opportunity to just experience, Mm -hmm. you know, within our story. So... We're very comfortable Mm -hmm. in our transparency. (laughs) And and as y'all know, we don't just share, quote unquote, the good, the fluffy. Like we, if you follow our page, you know, it's certain days. If you follow my page, we're going to give you those times where we are bewildered. When we don't know what's going on with ourselves emotionally, we share the whole gamut. And when you do that, the universe can accommodate for all those different layers and aspects of yourself and pour into those things. Yeah. And I think the other aspect is being comfortable in your truth, regardless of how it's received. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, um, if people wanted you to speak nicely about them, then they should have treated you better. Mm. And so Mm. even there's just so many nuances to being comfortable in owning your story, what has happened to you, what you've gone through and those who have played a part in your story. And so our podcast is just giving us the opportunity to share our story, 
And we know for a fact that through us sharing our truth, other people feel more comfortable to share their truths as well. And then we all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that being said, that's a perfect segue. Let's get into yeah. some transparency, some Christmas tree <laughs> transparency. So this, the title of this podcast is called, didn't we say uh, Christmas the Christmas fiasco? fiasco. Yeah. So you, you want to? Because I'm always telling the, the the transparency story. You, you know, I don't really you can know where to start. Off. Um, we could start with. I think you should start it. All right, so y'all can't see it right now, but we'll be taking pictures for the podcast, so y'all will see. We have a beautiful Christmas tree. We have a twelve foot Christmas tree. Now, mind you, we got thirty six foot ceilings, and one day we'll get into the whole story of how this house came together. But we want to keep ourselves concise, right? So I'm looking at this beautiful twelve foot tree. Um, we come from different backgrounds. Um, we both, of course, love our families, mm-hmm. but as far as like sharing family time and things of that nature, of course, my wife is a lot more um, open to that, a lot more needing of that and wanting of that. I want family time too, but I've been by myself living as a bachelor for so long. We talking about 13 years before I even got with my son's mother, um, having that semblance of family for a few years, but even that wasn't what I've walked into with my wife, and I tell you all the time, it's almost like a, a Antoine Fisher type of thing. That's one of my favorite movies. And at the end, if you've seen Antoine Fisher, he got the whole family there. Mm-hmm. So my first time coming to this house and seeing all, meeting all your your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, I literally felt like, bro, I've never really, well, I haven't had this since I was extremely young going back to when, when me and my family would go to Queens for Christmas and everybody would be there, but I haven't had that for so long. I'm rusty a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. Um, last year when you came to Jersey, you know, we met 1300 miles apart via social media. So I'm just moving to Houston where she lives, but she was with me last Christmas in Jersey. This is the first Christmas tree I ever bought for myself, for mm-hmm. my apartment. Right. Yeah. And we got like a little, what? Five foot, three, Not even like three foot, two foot, yeah, Christmas tree from Walmart. <laughs> but we did it big with the Christmas Facts. tree, got lights to put on it, Facts. but yeah. And I enjoyed it, and it opened up a piece of my heart that I realized I had been missing for a long time. So coming into this year, us like really sharing our space, initially we had impromptu, went to a certain space. We just going somewhere. She's like, you know what? Let me go look for a tree. Like, all right, let's get it. So we go into the spot and, you know, they got all the regular trees in the front. I'm thinking we're going to get a regular tree, right? And I'm used to fake, I'll say, artificial trees. I grew up with the beauty of being able to set that same tree up every year. Like I told her later, there's a certain energy that gets stored in that artificial tree from having years and years of family time. But we walking in. And she goes, of course, straight to the back. Her feminine energy is pulling her to the biggest possible tree we could get. The tree she was looking at is bigger than the trees they got in malls, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So she's looking at this 80-foot tree, and I'm just like, all I'm thinking about with my masculine mind is the logistics of this tree. How are we going to get it in the crib? Again, we got a big crib, but how are we going to get it in? How are we going to maintain it? All the pine needles we're going to have to sweep up every day. We got pets in the house. It's just all computation going through my head but i'm still doing my best to acknowledge how important christmas is to you so once she looked at the tree she wanted it's like all right how you feel i'm like that i'm I'm gonna curse real quick that's a big ass tree (laughs) (laughs) right and i ran through some of the logistics but i'm like i want you to do what you want right so the next day without me even knowing you did make a compromise based on kind of what i was saying you did your due diligence and you found an artificial tree that wasn't 80 feet, it's 12 feet. Still big, but it was the compromise. And maybe I probably should have acknowledged that. I did within myself that you had made the compromise, but I never actually said it out loud, which will which would have kind of laid some more groundwork for the moment that we're about to dress to have a little bit more cushion. I'm actually acknowledging that even in this moment. So thank you for even making that compromise thank without you, us baby. having to talk about it. Mm. Um, before I go further, is there anything you want to say? Yeah, so I want to All get right. my background real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he gave his background of, you know, what his Christmas looked like as right. a child. And so my Christmas as a child was a big deal. And so, you know, every year my mom and I, you know, I'm my only child. So 
We would go and get the Christmas tree. And I've always tried to get the biggest Christmas tree. Like eight feet ain't enough. <laughs> I mean, I got the Christmas tree to where if this the ceiling, the tree is right here. <laughs> and the, the top part where you put the stars bending because it's that close to the ceiling. And, you know, we struggled every year with the cats knocking it over. And we would... um drink cocoa, listen to Christmas carols, and put lights on the tree every single year. Every single year, my family would get into a caravan, and we would go to different neighborhoods and, you know, ride around and look at the, the Christmas lights drink in the, the neighborhoods. Yeah, drink yeah. hot cocoa. So, mm. And then I always had, like, a lot of Christmas presents under the tree, wake up at, like, 5 in the morning. So Christmas was a big deal in my family and so last year when you and I celebrated Christmas together you know it wasn't it was a big deal for you to celebrate it with me but you know you were very clear that you know the past few years mm -hmm. I haven't celebrated Christmas even when you know you were in your past relationships mm -hmm. You hadn't celebrated Christmas. And so my thing is, well, I do Christmas. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like, let's get into the Christmas spirit. And it ain't even about, like, um, you know, Santa Claus and, you know, those things like family. religious. Yeah, it's just, yeah, the nostalgia, the family, how it feels, the colors, like the red, the, the tree being able to smell the pine. And so we have our first home. And our ceilings are 36 feet tall, which is unheard of in a loft style house. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, snap. I get to get Man. the biggest tree, like the tree I've always thought about. Like mm -hmm. I get to go past five foot tree. Mm -hmm. And so I went straight to the back and I'm like, dang, 15 foot. I didn't even foot? think about that till right now. Yeah. This is your first time having this. Yeah, yeah. It's my first time being able to do what I always wanted to do as a kid. So a part of me, and I'm just acknowledging this as well, the part of me that was like, no, the biggest tree mm. was my inner child that was never able to get the biggest tree because our ceilings were, you know, nine foot ceilings. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I didn't explain my background. And that, that's dope because... It wasn't like I felt like you was being extra at all, but that dot you just connected for me, whereas I'm thinking about the logistics and the mechanics and the binariness of the masculine energy that's making sure we not protect, but just accommodate our peace and what we're going to have to do for this tree. It wasn't necessity in my mind mm -hmm. for your inner child and what she's been dreaming about being able to experience. A big ass tree was necessity. Mm -hmm. I'm not really realize. I didn't really realize that until right now. So this is why initially it wasn't dissension. We just had different perspectives. Right. So with that background, she compromises. She gets the bigger tree. And mind you, this is during the week where I got my tooth extracted. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm. T this is the first time I'm taking medication. I'm on antibiotics. I'm taking Tylenol. And mind you, I'm somebody that doesn't take any medication. I'm very plant-based, vegan, holistic. She knows how strict I can be with stuff like that. But I got a tooth pull, so I got to take this stuff now. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a, a very high threshold for pain. Most men, when they get a cold or something like that, women are used to babying them. I'm not that. Like, I'm, I'm a G. I'm a soldier. So sometimes, as we're getting used to cohabitating, she, she may not realize how much pain I may be in at certain points. So the day we went to actually go pick up the tree, I had did a bunch of stuff. Like I had cleaned the car. I had uh, brushed Cleo. Like I had expended pretty much my energy quotient for that day. Yeah. When we were going to get the tree, I didn't know as soon as we got back, we was going to put it up. Um, but that was what you wanted to do. So when I realized that was what, what was happening, and mind you, this is a 12-foot tree. The box, it took like four dudes to get the box in the van. Like, yeah, it was heavy. It was <laughs> and all, heavy. all I got really pretty much is me. So when we get back, I'm at a crossroads. I'm in a little bit of a dilemma that she didn't even realize. I'm spent energetically, headaches starting to come on. But I know if I say, and I had kind of already put it off the day prior because I didn't feel that well, um, I, I knew if I said, can we do this tomorrow? it would have kind of dampened her parade. It would have rained on her parade. So I was kind of stuck between, well, you, you depleted right now, but let's just push through and get this done. Hindsight being 2020, I should have just put the information out there that I'm running on 
empty right now. And if she did feel a way about me, given my truth, at least it's from my true north of I don't really have it in me. But I did the man thing. I'm like, let's just get it done. In the midst of doing what I needed to do, I was kind of helping when I needed to, but then falling back, sitting down, going to the bathroom, just trying to get my energy back together. From her perspective, it's like, this is a big moment. Let's put this tree up together and have fun and sing these Norris Barkley songs and all this different stuff. And I'm doing what I have the capacity to do in a moment. Her mother even came over. She's like, come on, come on, Jeff, you got to get in the Christmas spirit. And it wasn't like I wasn't. I'm just done up out here in these streets. And at a certain point, um, she even said while we was doing what we was doing, um, he don't even want me to have this tree to her mom. And it kind of affected me in a way, but I'm still doing my best to just maintain a beautiful moment as much as I can. After the fact, we get the tree up. She had went to her mom's house and I'm like, do I bring this up? Do I express that it's not me not having a Christmas spirit? Like, how do I handle this? But that kept echoing through my head. He don't want me to have this tree. I didn't want you to feel like I didn't want you to have what your inner child has been wanting you to have. So when she came back over, I'm like, Let's talk about this real quick. So I, I lay all the things out that she didn't know, that you didn't know, um, which was all news to her. So it kind of shifted the perspective, but you started to give me what you felt about how you would have rather handled me, rather me handle that moment. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, the the putting up the tree aspect is like a huge deal. Mm. And so the leading up to these things was, you know, the logistics. And so, you know, when you excited about something, you ain't trying to hear about no <laughs> logistics. You ain't trying to hear about no, no rules. What if it can work? What if it can't work? All I know is I want this tree and I'm about to figure it out. And everybody else, I want y'all to figure it out too. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what my mind was. It was like, you know, uh, artificial tree, it does make more sense. Mm -hmm. So, Let's do that. You know, we don't have to spend money on the tree every single year. Um, we could spare it, lives of trees. Yeah, yeah, we could spare lives of trees. And it does make sense because the tree will continue to absorb all of our beautiful energy. And so um, before we went to go get the tree, the first day, I was just going to go ahead and go get it. And uh, you you wanted to come yeah, with I wanted me. To, yeah, yeah. And so he was just like, you know, I'm not feeling the best. It was getting kind of late, too. So he was like, you know, I'm not feeling the best. Do you mind just waiting till tomorrow? And it's like, okay, cool. It, it made me feel good that he asked me to wait to the to the next day because I saw that he he was making an effort to be a part of. And so we waited the next day. And then we went to go, you know, get the tree. But when we came back, you know, and so the, the other aspect of what I missed is while you were out doing all of those things, like mm. you were cleaning, um, cleaning out the car, taking Cleo to the beauty shop, you mm. know, brushing her and all of those things in the backyard. A lot of those actions I missed because I was doing other work mm. for our business right. um, on the computer. So he was doing work around the house and getting us together in that way. I was doing work around our business aspect, um, like logistical stuff. So I, I missed a lot of how he was exerting his energy. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time for us to get home, you know, I'm like, I'm ready to put hey, on. What some, you doing? Yeah, I'm ready to put on CeeLo <laughs> Green. I didn't took my shirt off. Right, so I'm walking around with some jeans. Back and, to Africa, yeah, ain't titty got, swinging. <laughs> ain't got no shirt on. I'm like, shoot, okay, come on, let's do this. It's yeah, hot. Yeah. It was hot in here, sweating, but I was, you know, excited. And so seeing my excitement go up and then his excitement go down, I just didn't know how to understand that. And so it was just like, do you not want to celebrate Christmas? Like, you know, I, I didn't really understand what was happening in that moment. And it started to affect me and it affected, you know, how I felt putting up the tree and, you know, just the excitement for it was down. And so I called my mom. She came over 
And I think even me making the comment, he doesn't want me to have the tree anyway, was like the inner child that was almost like rebelling. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm going to have my moment. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it felt like even when I said it, because I felt the way when I said it as well. It's, I, I, don't, I didn't even feel comfortable saying that. So I right. do apologize for saying that. I don't it's think I good. even apologize to you. Because um, it didn't make me feel a way, but it was like word vomit mm-hmm. coming out of my mm-hmm. mouth. And I understood um, that in that moment. Yeah. And so um, it was just a lot. Like, you know, part of me was sad about it, angry about it. But I was just trying my best to be, you know, in that Christmas spirit. And then when I did leave out, I left out because one thing about my husband and I, he feels my energy and I feel his. Very much so. And so we don't argue or anything like that, but our energy is loud mm-hmm. when we aren't, you know, connected <laughs> in the way that we normally are. So I just went outside, you know, let Cleo run in the front yard. And when I came back, the first thing he said was, I don't want you to think that I didn't want to put the Christmas tree up. My tooth was hurting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you gave me your reason why your energy was so low. And in that moment, I was just so emotionally involved to where it was just like, you ruined Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) You ruined Christmas. The Christmas tree will never be the Christmas tree that I wanted. I don't even want the little ugly Christmas tree no more. I want to take the Christmas tree down. A whole tip of tantrum. I handled it calmly, but the way that I felt was Mm -hmm. like Christmas will never be the same. And so it was me acknowledging that I didn't get the, the moment that I wanted putting the Christmas tree up but also having to take into consideration that you didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was hard. And even though I understood, it was still hard because it's like, but it's Christmas. Like this is our moment and you can't, this is a heavy Christmas tree. It's like a 150 pound Christmas tree. So you can't take it back down and put it back up. He was struggling to do that. My mom almost knocked him off the ladder. Almost died. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so it's not like the easiest situation. And, you know, I was just like, you know, that moment is gone. And you were just like, no, it's not gone. Like, we, there's other ways that we can still enjoy Christmas. Mm-hmm. But having the conversation of getting on the same page, like, I do want to have Christmas. I do want to experience this beautiful joy with you. And also giving him the permission to acknowledge if you if you don't feel good right you can just tell me like baby i don't feel good right now can we put it off till tomorrow and that probably would have been the best decision so we both would have been in the same headspace right and i didn't give you the power to make the choice Mm -hmm. and that's the thing with a lot of men sometimes we are so proactive in our thinking and our calculating and our logistics that sometimes we pass the solution um, trying to accommodate. So an uh, uh, older version of me would have felt the way that once I gave you my truth and let you know, I, I want you to have this experience, but this is how I felt. And there was pushback, probably too strong of a word, but for lack of a better phrase, there was pushback and you let me know how it affected you. That probably would have rocked me because it's like, well, I'm giving this effort and it's my tooth. And, but I was able to realize like, you know what? Nah, I didn't give you the ability to even make the choice. And whether you felt the way or not about me asking for another day before we put it up, I got to at least give you that information and I didn't do that. Um, so in that moment, I was able to realize that. But then one of the things we also realized is that the story that was being painted was me not have because after you knew I didn't have the energy, there was still a little while of you saying um, your enthusiasm wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And we had to get to a point where we realized there's still a dichotomy of my energy being depleted, but my enthusiasm was still there the whole time. And I'm pushing through the lack of energy I had to show you that this ain't even just for you. I want to have these moments with you. I want to be enthusiastic. And when you was with your mom, I told you I had to take it. I hadn't took a, taken a shower in a couple of days. I'm just I'm feeling stinky. All this different stuff was part of that moment. So when I was able to cleanse myself, get out the shower, I came out the shower, the tree was already lit. And I just had a moment by myself, like, yo, this tree is crazy. 
<laughs> like <laughs> it's beautiful. Like I was able to have that moment that your inner child had been longing for. Mm-hmm. So I had I given you the opportunity to make the choice of whether you felt the way about it or not, at least you knew where I was coming from. And you probably would have said, yeah, let's just wait till tomorrow. Yeah. It may have been some begrudgingness to it, but you are adept enough emotionally to have worked through that understanding the situation right. and understanding I want to have this moment right. with you. Yeah. And I think the other part was, um, you know, the the masculine mind of thinking of the logistics and then, you know, the the feminine aspect of the mind, which is just like free, and, right. you know, free flowing. And it's like, no, I'll just let the cats knock it over. We'll pick it up the next day or we'll sweep it up or we'll figure out how to get it out the house. And so the constant, um, you know, logistical aspects that you were bringing up, it was just like, well, I don't just want the logistics. I also want the, but we'll figure it out. Okay. Or, you know, let's, let's still get it, but let's keep these things in mind. And so, I also had to, you know, bring up the fact that I think that the logistical part just made me feel as if you didn't want the tree. And I would have, you know, just loved more if there was a balance Mm -hmm. of the logistics and a balance of what actually looked like enthusiasm. And so you acknowledge that and we were able to move on. It took me a minute to allow that energy to um, release from Mm -hmm. my system. But then we just started playing with the Christmas lights on right. the tree. And then it was like... And it was a wrap. It was it. It and, was it. And this is the bu- beautiful part of it because it matriculates into what happens the next few days. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the beautiful thing too. Like when you have a set expectation of what a moment is supposed to be like. Yeah. Like you was right. We can't get that initial moment back. We can do it in different ways from that moment on, which we have been doing. But you're right. We can't get that back. But when you are open to how God is supposed to flex through any particular moment, sometimes the moments where you want to be cushy and pleasant and family, sometimes it has to be uncomfortable for us to get the maximum out of what we're supposed to get from that moment. So being that that was the case, we every time we have a discrepancy, we learn more about each other. Mm-hmm. We learn more about ourselves. It brings us closer together every time we make it through the other end. And in the next few days, it was just brilliant how God played it out because being that we cleared that energy out and went right back to understanding each other more deeply the next morning, uh, we were able to voice how we was feeling as individuals. And this is new for us to be this consistently in the same space. We've been going back and forth for the past two years, your crib to mine and vice versa. But now we here, we home. Mm -hmm. So we've been enjoying being a husband and wife. I ain't going to get into all the gory details of how that flexes, right? But my normal regimen, being by myself, meditating so much, taking my walks, a lot of that kind of tapered off. And it needed to. I needed to enjoy this first brunt of husband and wife in the same household um, uh, experience. Mm -hmm. But... Some of what we was able to share in that conversation was I feel the need to get back to that. And when I opened up to that, you started to say the same thing. Like, you know, um, because you kind of felt the way that morning. You didn't know what it was. And then we went into that conversation of both of us needing to get more back into our usual practices. That opened up into a conversation about money. Mm-hmm. Both of us are entrepreneurs. You are a little more fresher into this field. I've been an entrepreneur for about three or four years. So y'all know, as an entrepreneur, as a holistic entrepreneur and practitioner, there are natural ebbs and flows. I'm to the point where four or five years in, I know every December things slow down. For whatever reason, that's just how it flexes. So we was able to have a conversation about abundance, our understanding of money, our understanding that a lot of the angst we felt about finances wasn't about what we needed in the moment not being there. We low-key are in the condition of protecting nest eggs, savings, investments, things of that nature. So as that may dwindle, it gives you that, you know, that kind of tight feeling like I don't have what I'm normally used to having in abundance and surplus. Right. That conversation led into a certain level of freedom, understanding, pushing us back to our practices as individuals, as a couple. And then that led to every time you take a step towards source, source God, he, she, it, however you perceive that starts to show you you on the right path. You want to get into how that played out? Yeah. So, you know, that next morning after the Christmas tree fiasco uh, part happened, I was outside and 
just, you know, not feeling my best. But it didn't have anything to do with the night before. Um, We got completely past that. Mm -hmm. And um, You had did two uh, Van Life episodes back to back, so that takes a long time. You was overwhelmed. Right. I I was creating a lot, and it needed to go out then, you know, and... What happens when you create in that way, uh, you're required or I'm required to exert a certain amount of energy. Um, One of the things that I have been very blessed with and one of the things that I pray for for years is for healing to be my life. Not to help other people heal, even though I am a conduit to doing that now and I'm grateful for that. But the thing that I wanted the most was to be able to wake up and not have to worry about going to work, wake up and not be able to have to worry about money. I could just wake up and if I needed to cry all day long, I had the time to do that without interruption. And so creating is also something that I wanted to be able to do, but it's a certain amount of energy I have to put into creating. And so when I put all of that energy into the the type of creation that I did, which is very intuitive type of creation, once you finish creating, what do you do with all of that energy? Where right. does that energy go? Right. Especially if you are not tapped into your spiritual practices on a consistent basis like I used to be. And so now that I've allowed those spiritual practices to just not be as consistent, because like you said, we've been enjoying our life. I mean, we're traveling every few weeks. We're always, you know, just and it's not because we're running from anything Mm -hmm. or distracted. Our life is just taking us to different things. And it's work for the most part that we're just enjoying. But we're constantly moving because of our entrepreneur life. And so my practices have not been the best. And after I made those videos, I had so much energy. It wasn't even anxious energy. It was just energy. And it was overwhelming energy that I really didn't do know what to do with. I didn't know what to do with it. But, you know, sometimes it's easier to just stay in it than to get right. into the solution. And so once I finished creating, I went outside and you came out there and you was like, you know, you okay? And I just started crying and I was like, I just feel overwhelmed. And basically what I was saying was I have all of this energy and I don't really know what to do with it or I'm not prepared to do what I know I need to do. And so you even guided me into a meditation. Meditation, And it was so interesting because the whole time during that meditation, I was really fighting it. Um, Like I was telling you, like I, I didn't want to get into the solution and I was upset with myself because I was able to be the observer and the witness to see how I was fighting getting into the solution which showed me even more it's time to get into the solution it's time to get back into those spiritual practices so um you know after that I was able to have that release and you know we came upstairs and we had the conversation about getting back to our spiritual practices and you just guided me back to myself in such a beautiful way. And it was such a beautiful reminder of the remembrance Mm -hmm. and the playful aspect of constantly forgetting, like constantly forgetting this is play, constantly forgetting that this is the experience, (laughs) that the experience is a part of forgetting, Mm -hmm. you know, and so you just guided me back to that place in such a beautiful way that made me feel safe, reminded me that I'm provided for, especially when it comes to like, you know, the finances. Mm-hmm. We've made so much money the past two years. And so also the remembrance of we pay for our house cash. Right. Like we spent a lot of money in paying for our house cash. We don't have any bills. Right. And even feeling provided for is the remembrance and like God is all in our walls because we get to come home every single day and be fully provided for. And there's just certain parts of gratitude that I had to get back to. And you really just ushered me in that conversation of remembering that. And it was just a beautiful moment of accepting that ebb and flow of expansion, contraction that the whole universe works on. 
but in layman's terms, remembering. Like when you're on a spiritual path, you start to understand I am more than this flesh. I am more than this person, this body. I am sharing and one with the energy of everything in existence. So your awareness of yourself starts to expand. But a lot of times when we get on the spiritual journey, there are moments where that, that awareness is super clear and easy to maintain and sustain. Then there are those moments where some people feel like, well, I relapsed. I went back to smoking. I went back to drinking. I'm not doing my stuff. It's not really a relapse. It's that natural inertia that's being built up of contracting to a certain point and expanding past the point that you just perceived as your limit, as your ceiling. You went past it, but you had to have enough buoyancy in that contractive state to get past it. So God is playing out through all of our lives in that playfulness, that playground of remembering who the F I am, like she always says, right? And then having those moments where it's like, I kind of forgot that I'm more than Docs. I kind of forgot that I'm more than Candace. Man, like I said in the reel that we put up in, in that conversation, the human doesn't want to have to go through that ebb and flow. The human mind just wants, you know, even killness the whole time. That's not fun. If you ever right. go to a movie and there's no conflict, you're not going to enjoy that movie. It has to be that roller coaster ride for you to get what you need to get out of it. So the human is like, let's just chill. The soul is like, nah, I need that um, thrill ride of feeling like I don't got enough money this month. <laughs> like I said, we, the soul is going, we, while the human mind is like, chill, bro. Just have this money come in like I'm used to having it come in. So we was able to kind of surrender to that. And by doing that, our day played out in such a beautiful way. Um, we got into our meditation that day beautifully, have been doing our practices ever since. But that day, we go to get something to eat. We running around doing stuff. She goes to one of her favorite spots. Oh, um, but wait. I don't want you to rush past the the meditation part. Okay. Because that played such a huge part in our remembrance mm -hmm. and sets the tone. And right. so... Um, maybe I think it was, it was Thanksgiving evening, mm -hmm. right? We, we both were, you know, cooking and well, I wasn't cooking. He was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> My family was here, but I had a lot of energy that I needed to release. And so one of the things that I like to do is stretch, like yeah. really deep stretching. Yeah. And so I did like a whole stretching ceremony for like two hours. You did a meditation with me as well for two hours. And that kind of just was like the reminder, right. like it just was the that spark. Was the first like, cog, yeah. Yeah, and so once we came back in and had that that conversation about money and the the ebbs and flows of entrepreneurship and just getting back to our practices, you made sure. One thing about my husband is he is a provider at heart, and so he also leads by example. Mm -hmm. He's the person that is not going to tell you, oh, you need to get back to your spiritual practices. As soon as you wake up, he's just going to be like, okay, it's time to go home, which mm -hmm. is what we call meditation. Mm -hmm. And so what he did was he just made sure we just had the conversation and now I'm just going to usher us into that. And so every morning he would start the morning off with breath work or meditation. And it just felt like sex. Mm. The the last what week mm -hmm. we have been having sex every single day. And this is not even physical intimacy. It's just our interaction. Well, yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like that that intimacy of provision of one another and love for one another and and really having God in the midst of that. Mm. And so when you set the tone with meditation and how we're able to love one another, when I feel provided for, especially spiritually, heart is wide open. And so now I'm rubbing his feet mm -hmm. because I see that he is providing for my heart, my spirit, my soul. I don't soul. even have to ask for it. Right. My emotions. It's like, baby, how's your feet? How's your back? What do you what do you need? Is there anything that I can do? It just becomes second nature to ask those things because his provision is so strong. And so from that, the rest of our day just started days just started to unfold in such a beautiful way, even down to food. One of the places I wanted to go to. Well, hold up. Before oh, you even say okay. that, I just want to add on to <clears throat> um, the night you did 
the intentional stretching. Mm-hmm. And mind you, literally, we're not embellishing. This turned into it. You probably had no intentions to go that deep. This turned into a two-hour session. And I was missing my son that day. You was feeling a way about stuff that had nothing to do really with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you had suggested me start writing letters to my son. So once you got in that space, the music is going. Our home is literally a temple, a cathedral, Ajna Cathedral. You was doing your thing. I went in the back room, wrote my first letter to my son. Um, came back out here and it was like, all right, well, what am I supposed to do now? Spirit's like, sit your butt down and go in in your way. From that moment, every and I had never spoke to you about it. From that moment, I knew it's time to get back to my practices. So I'm waking up in the middle of the night. When we wake up, first thing I'm doing yeah. before I do anything, you hearing me breathe for 30, 45 minutes. We never had to have a direct conversation like, I think you should be doing this a little bit more. I'm used to you locking in. We didn't have to do none of that. Your natural individual energy pushed you to plant that seed in my consciousness of seeing you in that space, joining you in that space. That was all the conversation we needed to have without words. That was the first little bit of sex that continued to birth into all these different forms that we're talking about right now. I just had to throw that in. Yeah, definitely. And so from you leading by example and making sure that I'm also provided for with the reminders every morning, starting our morning with breath work or meditation or in, in the middle of the day. Right. Like, come on, let's let's go home. Right. And so we went out to get something to eat, of like this vegan Mexican restaurant that I love. And, you know, just told them how their food was horrible. The, the <laughs> last time, time we had it. Yeah, last time we had it. And um, getting to a space to where I didn't even have to pay for my meal. Like, he wanted to comp the meal to make sure that I had a more pleasurable experience. And so we realized, like, we were just talking about money money. and abundance, making knowing that it's going to come when it needs to. Mm -hmm. And then, not even an hour later, we go to one of his favorite restaurants, and um, something happens to where they don't give us all the details of what is in the food, which is not okay. (laughs) And so I get into wife mode (laughs) and I'm like nah y'all ain't gonna just comp this meal y'all gonna fix this and so (laughs) we're going and you know they do comp that meal so she got a free meal I got a free meal this is the same day after the same morning um excuse me after the same morning of us talking about money and just being okay with what we got yeah and then even from that them you know sending us a very nice gift card and so just realizing we're uh, you know, accounted for and provided for in so many ways to where we both realized that we didn't even have to spend a dime today right. and we received a lot of money back in right. the form of a gift card. But then it also, one of the things you said is, because the name of our home is called Ajna, the cathedral. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things you said is, you know, we haven't even been in Ajna for a year. Like she for two is, months yet together. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, Ajna is just now creating, you know, space, like give Ajna the opportunity to be the spiritual sanctuary that we have, that we know that, you know, she is, she, he is. And so um, we ended up having an event, the full moon ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so we give back to Ajna. We don't take the money and go buy clothes and stuff like that. We give back to Ajna, whatever that looks like. And for for those that don't know Ajna, our home also doubles as a spiritual event space. Mm -hmm. Right. So we host meditation, yoga, any type of spiritual event space here. And um, what I was able to do was, go get the money that we made the night before for Ajna and create a piggy bank Mm -hmm. and tell them how you really led us into the meditation of how we honored Ajna with our piggy bank. Well, even before that, um, the actual event, mind you, we've done maybe four or five events here since we've been in the home together. She's been holding it down before I got here. But as far as Ajna, quote unquote, being in spiritual business, it's only been two months. She has already pulled in a lot of money, a lot of healing, a lot of different people. So she's been doing full moon rituals. And for whatever reason, she has one of the most phenomenal skincare lines in existence. Sasha Flower Skincare. Make sure y'all hit her up. Get you th- This is why I'm glowing right now like this. Um, <laughs> but for whatever reason, she hadn't been putting her product out. You know, we got all type of product in the house. It's like, nah, today is the day. So we put the product out. She has a beautiful ceremony, um, makes a certain amount, 
which is beautiful. Again, money coming in right after that conversation. But then after everybody is done and just vibing out, everybody one by one is going to her uh, skincare line. And she's been a little bit energetically disconnected from continuing to work on it. So just the masculine energy being connected to the feminine principle within myself, just that small gesture, like, nah, baby, we got to put your, your product out here. He's so supportive. <laughs> that turned into even more money pouring into this space that is, of course, taking care of us now um, in a beautiful way. So I had bought my son. I'm getting my son's room ready for when he gets here. I had got him a piggy bank. Maybe in a subconscious way that got downloaded into your consciousness. Mm -hmm. And she comes in the house that next morning like, you know what? Let's start. Because we talked about giving our 33% of whatever we make here to Ajna. She's like, nah, today is the day. And we break down our little monies or whatever, our big monies, right? And we hold hands. We put our hands around the mason jar. And we just pour intention and gratitude into the jar, into Ajna. And to be in a space now coming out of Christianity, I still you know, celebrate when it's taught the right way, Christianity. I'm not against any different religion. All sure. different fingers on the same hand pointing to the same source. Whatever works for you, cool. But coming from that background and understanding how, understanding how important tithing and offering is, to be in such a level of intimacy with not only my wife, with myself, with my family, but with God first, mm -hmm. to, be in, be in pay, to be paying tithes and offering to our home. That thing just hit different. And that day, the next day, literally like three days of us feeling like this is a different dimension. We didn't feel like we was on this planet. At a certain point, she gave me a massage the next day. And we woke up. We don't take naps during the day. We woke up. The sun is caressing us. We got all these windows on our ceilings. And we woke up feeling like we was drunk and hot. Not a, not a nair medication was taken. Yep. And it's like, bro, what is this right now? Yeah. This is what happens when you pour into yourself, into your surroundings, into source. It tangibly, physically comes back to you in some of the ways we've just described. Yeah, the the way, you know, so even with, with the piggy bank, you know, us putting both of our hands on the piggy bank and just saying thank you to Ajna and how we are provided for and how it provides for so many other people who are coming here and, and healing and, you know, just getting healthier perspectives and healing their body. It just gave us the opportunity to really acknowledge all that Ajna provides for everyone, including ourselves. Right. So. He took half of the money. I took half of the money. We both put it in the jar. And I even like kind of shed a tear because I just felt how powerful that was to do a ritual like that. And since that moment, it's like when I say it, it feels like everything we do feels like sex. Mm. And, you know, when people speak about intimacy they are speaking about actual intercourse. Right. And so, yes, that is one aspect of it. But when God is in the midst right. of your intercourse, your intimacy, your meditation, your just rubbing your arm, right. your naps, being able to take a nap in the middle of the day and waking up in the sun is just on you to the point to where you just feel good right. you know to the point that you feel loved you feel seen you feel held and that was every single day since that conversation since the christmas fiasco we're still, in it. we're still in that space of just being so beautifully connected and i think the reason why we're so beautifully connected and we're always connected but the way that we feel it so deeply right now mm -hmm is because God is in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And that remembrance is there. Even today, you know, we were getting ready to record here. And the first thing you said is don't forget the screen. Mm -hmm. Right? Don't don't forget. Stay in, in the God underneath everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stay in remembrance of what this really is. Right. And on top of that, had we not surrendered to death, Mm -hmm. to rest. In your full moon ceremonies, you talk a lot about seasonal depression and people trying to go against the grain of the natural flow of the elements on this planet. Everything is dying during the season. And to a large degree, we try to go against the grain of that. So a huge part of the spiritual journey, which a lot of people don't talk about, we want to always be in abundance and surplus and manifesting and attraction. 
you have to have your seasons of nothingness, yeah, of inactivity, of rest, of death. That conversation we had not only brought us back to the simplicity of just the abundance of source within ourselves, but we also got to the point of acceptance of whenever money comes in or does not come in, that's not the source of our abundance. Have we not accepted that? We don't get two free meals the same day. Mm -hmm. We don't get a $150 gift card. Um, the next day, I hadn't had a client book in a long time. I got a client booking. Uh, the money made off Sasha Flowers. Money hasn't been made off Sasha Flowers in a minute. You realize you even had orders in your backlog right. that you didn't even realize was there. You thought nobody was buying anything. So all, and of course, you know, the physical sex that, <laughs> and, and that's the thing too. Like I was thinking about this. And maybe we could go into this deeper in another conversation. I know we're about to wrap up. The fact that in our physical exchange, mm -hmm. there's no TV on. Yeah. There's no music playing. Yeah. You are the only person in my history that I have ever been able to share that level of intimacy with. Mm -hmm. And I think most people to some degree got some type of something going. They got a movie on, you know, Netflix and chill. Yeah, the movies yeah, just stay yeah. on. Um, music is playing. Something is going on. And our space is so quiet that when we are actually engaging, all we hear, feel, sm smell, breathe is each other. Yeah. And in, in this particular pocket of going to an even higher heaven, if you will, or a deeper heaven, being having, having surrendered to ourselves and our situation in the way we did, it made the sex hit even more powerful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I told you. <laughs> I told you at some point it felt like I was levitating, you right. know. And Likewise. our our intimacy, our sexual moments are always deeply beautiful. And just these past few, you know, what is that a week mm -hmm. where we have just been in because we're intentionally connecting in a different way we're coming right. back into remembrance again and so it just felt really beautiful to mm. be connected like that like the freedom in being able to hear each other's moans or speak to each other or smell certain things like just the the beauty and being able to be that tapped in to one another has been perfect right and I think I never looked at it like that, but I think this is the last thing I'll say. Expansion and contraction, I always use that analogy of the ebb and flow of how creativity works. Um, and the masculine component, I always talk about like with Indian cosmology, the masculine component is what they call Shiva. The feminine counterpart is Shakti. Uh, Shiva is nothingness, it's emptiness. It's that state we go to when we sleep, when we're not even dreaming, and there is no consciousness there. Um, Shakti is the feminine component. Whatever caused the Big Bang, all energy that came out of the Big Bang, that's the feminine, right? So in this conversation, the ebbs and flows between death and creativity, forgetting and remembering, that's the stroke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's literally the stroke of the universe. And ladies, I'm sure you know, and fellas too, if, if a man, you know, he, he, he gets to his potential and he put it in and just leave it there, that's not sex. Mm -hmm. If he take it out and just... It has to be that back and forth. And a lot of times when we get in the the quote unquote pull out aspect, when there's not as much abundance flowing, we think we're doing something wrong or God don't like it. So I don't like this part. All of it is necessary. We got to be able to understand both aspects of the stroke is how existence flows. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think the last part I wanted to touch on was the uh, the acceptance and mm. resting. Mm-hmm. The acceptance and not moving, the mm. acceptance and not doing. And I'm not going to get into, we can talk about this in another podcast as mm. far as, you know, the seasonal depression part. But when stillness or emotion is present, giving yourself permission to really just sit there, mm. to stay there, to find the gratitude and that, that there's no motivation right. to do anything because you're not supposed to be doing something you're right not there. supposed to be doing anything right. like if if there's no motivation to create there's no motivation to do anything right. just giving yourself permission to say well this is my rest day right and so us doing that us really letting go because some people be like okay yeah i'm gonna rest but then they'll go clean Still the planning, house. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you know, they'll go clean the mm -hmm. house. They'll they'll find like little bitty things to do to keep the mind distracted. And so we really gave ourselves permission to 
lay down and just talk to one another and just be in each other's space. And that led to this really, really deep soul level type of intimacy that we've been having and, and sharing. And the deeper we went into the rest, the more material abundance started to make its mm-hmm. way to us. So a lot of us be under this program. If I'm not doing, I can't receive. If you want to accept that program, you can. But now at this point, like I posted today, the more intentional we get in going slow, not rushing and resting, you start to realize even when I'm doing nothing, surplus is making its way to me. Yeah, because even with our podcast, you know, we also started a battle rap uh, YouTube. So, if you you know, you want to follow battle rap YouTube, go <laughs> battle ahead. Battle rap couple. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So all of the things, even down to our retreats. We did not plan right. any of those things. Even our podcast tonight, we did not plan this. It was just like, today feels like the yeah, day. Last night, starting our YouTube, it's like, you know, tonight feels like the <laughs> night. And so giving, you know, ourselves permission to rest in those moments. It is, guided us to that. Yeah. Yep. Guided us to this moment. So I think that's a beautiful place to wrap up. Um, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this conversation. Make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe, promote for us. Um, we know there's a very saturated industry in the podcast world. Um, everybody has their place. So we're looking forward to bringing something new, a different type of nuance, uh, a little bit more diversity to not just the spiritual community, um, to not just the black community, not just to the black couples community, to every aspect of healing you could possibly think of that needs to be spoken about. That's what we're here for. Right. And so you'll be able to catch this podcast on all streaming platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. And also, you know, we offer our own personal offerings and our offerings together as a couple. So counseling, counseling, couples therapy, meditation. Meditation. If you're in Houston, we also offer um, full moon ceremony, meditation, yoga, Um, And other things that we'll be, you know, just bringing to the forefront as well. But for now, we also have spaces open for our emotional healing retreat, Mm -hmm. which will be in 2023. So if you're interested in that, please look at our website, our Instagram account and go ahead and register for that uh, retreat. It's called Remembering Me. The Soul Healing Retreat. Right. And also I teach a certification program where you can get certified to become a yoga teacher, meditation teacher, emotional alchemy teacher, and, you know, begin to live on your terms on your time as well. Yeah. All right. So we appreciate y'all for being here. Thank you for holding space with us. And now we we... can get back to the sex. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see y'all on our next episode. Peace, (laughs) y'all.